Do you want to walk with the Rutgers Scout cast? Well, now's your chance because episode 82 is here and there's a ton of news to discuss. I am the host of the Rutgers Scout cast, Sam Hellman, and it has been quite a week for Rutgers. And I think that most people kind of know what I'm getting at. If you downloaded this, you probably already know the news because you're a big enough Rutgers fan to follow recruiting. Four-star quarterback Artur Sikowski flipped his commitment to Rutgers Wednesday night. Funny enough, he actually did it during the Chris Ash radio show. He was nice enough to wait until Scott Goodale was the one on the microphone to give Coach Ash that phone call. Witnessed that part in person and spoke to Artur Sikowski myself a couple minutes later. And he is the focus of this episode. Anytime you get this kind of kid and get this kind of momentum, I saw the reaction from the fan base and from other recruits. That has to be the focus of this episode. So we're going to turn to that very quickly. But first, you're going to see how this ties in in the body of the show later, but my guest this week is Rutgers redshirt freshman wide receiver Muhammad Jabby. Jabby comes from South Brunswick High School. He is, as everybody knows, the nephew of Muhammad Sanu, but he's trying to make his own name at Rutgers, and he's off to a pretty good start this season in a wide receiver room, very crowded receiver room that is filled with four-star commits and grad transfers and more veteran presences. Jabby continues to work his tail off to earn playing time. He projects tomorrow against Maryland to make his third consecutive start, his second start at home playing against the Terrapins. He's also started against both Michigan and Purdue, and he's one of my favorite kids on the team. He's been one of my favorites ever since Muhammad introduced us oh, maybe four years ago. Jabby was a really young player at South Brunswick that was hoping to get a Rutgers offer when I first met him. Flash forward a couple years, and he is starting alongside Janarian Grant. And, well, we'll see what the formation looks like. Maybe Everett Wormley, maybe Duop Mitchell, maybe Bo Melton. We'll see. But he's a starting wide receiver right now, and he's a great guy to hear a little bit from. So what we're going to do with this episode, before it becomes Sikowski Central, we're going to talk to Muhammad Jabby, ask him the big three, talk about his rise to becoming a starter. After that, National Recruiting Analyst Brian Doan joins me to talk everything Artur Sikowski. How are you doing? I'm great. I'm doing real good. Just focused on the game, getting ready for this big game. I think I know your answer, but have you changed anything since you became a starter? Uh, no, I just stick with my routine every day, um, continue to work hard, continue to watch extra film, do what I have to do to be as prepared as I could be for the game on Saturday. What is your routine every day? How is an, what is a normal day for Mojo Abbey? Uh, well, usually I have class. At the class, I probably I, I go watch film. I come in, I get tubs, cold tubs, hot tubs before every practice. I, um, then I go upstairs and eat, go to practice after practice, I, uh, get in the tubs again, get ready, go home, watch film again, watch film of the uh, last night's practice, and then film of the opponent again, and then probably go to sleep. Wake up in five hours and do it again? Do it again, exactly. What do you like about watching film? A lot of kids don't really get into that until they're like juniors and seniors. Uh, I mean... You gotta watch film if you're gonna be prepared. If you're gonna, if you want to be the best that you could be on a Saturday, you have to uh, you have to watch film. There's no offense there, but about it because you have to be you have, you have to be uh, prepared for the game, and you have to know the opponent. You have to know the opponent inside out. So you have to watch film a lot to be able to know the opponent inside out. To be able to know what you can attack to win and defeat them every every day. 
who taught you how to watch film? Because it's one thing to just, you know, watch clips on your iPad, but you need to know what you're looking for. Uh, my coach taught me, of course. Uh, my coach, uh, my, uh, my assistant coach, my uh, assistant uh, receivers coach. My uncle taught me when I was younger, uh, like throughout high school and a little bit when I was going into college. And uh, like my quarterback, Gio, Gio taught me a little bit how to watch film. And um, some of the older receivers when I was here, when I, my freshman year, taught me how to watch film. How excited are you just to be able to represent South Brunswick at the Big Ten level? Um, I'm really excited. You know, I love South Brunswick. Uh, I love my coaches. I love my high school. I love that high school so much. So it, um, it's really it's really an honor to be able to go out there every Saturday and know that I'm repping South Brunswick on my back and be able to make them proud. How cool is it for you that you you could say you started against Michigan? Like yes. that's, that's not something a lot of people get to say, and you've earned that opportunity. How cool is that for you? Um, it was a really big honor being able to play in a big house. Stadium's beautiful. Uh it was just, you know, it's a big-time game. It's, uh, every game is a big-time game, so you can't really think of it as, all right, we got Michigan this week and we got someone else. That, no, like you have to you have to make sure that you prepare, prepare, you prepare and you play the same way, you focus the same way you do, regardless of the opponent is. You've got a lot of friends that are now starting to earn playing time, just like you at other schools, guys like Dwayne Haskins. or What is it like just to see people you grew up with succeed on this level, whether it's at Rutgers or in other school? Um, it's amazing because, you know, me and Dwayne used to talk about it all the time, you know, being up like when we were younger, when we played Pop Warner together, we always used to talk about, you know, going to the same college and stuff like that. Unfortunately, we didn't end up being able to go to the same college. But, you know, being able for us to pursue our dreams and do what we're doing at, at this level is, is it's amazing. And it's, um, it's, it's a blessing, especially, you know, making our, our family proud and everything like that. Uh, get, heading into Maryland, what are you expecting from their defense? They, they're very well-coached defensive team. Yes, they uh, they play hard. You know, they they're well coached. So we just have to we just have to stick to our game plan. You know, we have to go hard. We have to give effort, and we just have to execute. Uh, three more things, kind of off topic. Uh, I think I know the answer to this one. But who's you say is your favorite Rutgers player of all time? Muhammad Sanu. Why is that? <laughs> <laughs> um, second question: What is uh, what's your favorite moment when you think about your time at Rutgers so far? Or even uh, if it was before you got here. Before I got here? Yeah, like your, your Rutgers memory or whatever. My favorite moment was uh, beating Purdue this year. Especially after my first start, but being able to beat Purdue this year, a big-time game, big-time Big Ten win, and we were able to win two back-to-back Big Ten uh, games. That was, that was my favorite moment. Being gonna, able to win with my brothers. I was going to guess uh, when you got that offer at camp, and uh, I, I had to hunt you down and <laughs> talk to you about it. Um, last thing, what's your what's your favorite place to eat on campus? What's your go-to meal? Go-to meal? Yeah. I'm a Chipotle guy. I mean, Chipotle's in New Brunswick, so I'm always going to Chipotle. I go to Chipotle at least three times a week, so that's in my routine as well, not going to lie. Uh, I'm a Chipotle guy. Uh, I mean, but Chipotle's everywhere, but around here, probably... I mean, yeah, Chipotle's here too, but um, I could say Hansel and Griddle as well. Chipotle and Hansel and Griddle. I love Hansel and Griddle. I, I get the Oreo pancakes, get the, the pan- Oreos inside, inside the pancakes, so it's real good. I know uh, Chipotle runs in the family. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> my, my uncle actually has a, uh, a free Chipotle card where he, could get, uh, where he could get Chipotle for free. I'm very jealous. <laughs> All right, thanks, buddy. I Thank appreciate you. it, man. No problem. Thank you. Well, thank you to Mo Jabby for being our guest this week. Love Bra- Mo Jabby. I know you love Mo, and well, let's just jump into it. Here's national recruiting analyst Brian Doan. And speaking of Mo Jabby, fu- fun story for people. So Brian and I were covering this Rutgers. I guess you call it a skills camp. There wasn't a ton of skill there because 
well, it, I mean, you know who the coach was at the time, but Mo Jabby's a kid that came out, played very well, got an offer at this camp. Mohamed Sanu happened to be hanging out at the camp as well. Another kid that got an offer at that camp was a kid named Artur Sikowski. Who? Right. Sikowski, who everyone has you know celebrated the last 72 hours, or if you know, you've been reading Scarlet Report, you've probably been celebrating this one a little longer because you had a better idea that it was coming. But Sikowski and Jabby were the two stars of this camp. I remember talking to both of them after the first time I met Artur Sikowski, who, you know, 14 years old or whatever at Old Bridge High School, was already, you know, a, kind of a stud prospect. You could just tell by looking at him. The other guy, unfortunately, at that camp, was a guy named Maurice. Kyle, oh, sorry. I, yes, exactly. Because Maurice French was also at that camp. Who oh, be, that's my guy. That is, yes. Uh, my guy, Maurice French, who they thought so little of that they put him on the JV fields for the whole camp, ignored him. So then when Chris Ash offered him later in the process, it was way too late. I need to tell this Maurice French story. So Maurice French is blowing up his senior year. And I said, Sam, you know this Maurice French kid from New Brunswick High? And I think he said, I don't really know. I said, yeah. This is fake news. (laughs) Anyway, Sam had been all over him for a long time. So I went to go watch him play. He was committed to Pitt. And Daryl Wilson, the Rutgers assistant, was there. And I'm like, oh, wow. Maurice is like homecoming king. And I remember he comes out. He's all excited. And he slipped and fell and got hurt at halftime or something because the track was wet. He was unbelievable. Like, electric like how did Rutgers not offer this kid earlier and get on this kid earlier so I'm talking to him after the game and he goes and the next day Rutgers is playing Ohio State I said okay he goes I think I'm gonna go to the game tomorrow I said all right I'll hit you up after let me know how it goes and like a day or two goes by and I don't hear from him and you know Maurice he always got back to you yes get in touch with them Maurice, how'd it go? Well, it was terrible. I got there, sat with the recruits. Nobody from Rutgers ever came over by me. The recruiting coordinator spent the whole game on the field and didn't even come talk to me. So at halftime, I just got up and started walking around and looking around because nobody was paying any attention to me. And so then I went home. I'm going to pit. <laughs> and and that's why, you know, when, when you talk about things of what Chris Ash was up against... Maurice French wanted to go to Rutgers. Dream dream school. Dream school. One of the counselors in the school played at Rutgers. Correct. His taste was so bad from uh, about Rutgers with his experience under the old staff that Chris Ash was close. There was a chance that they were going to flip him, and it was close. But at the end of the day, Maurice French said, "You know what? I am not pushing aside." 18 months of being treated horribly for two weeks of the new coach, because that's all the new coach had. And, I mean, I'm still to this day, um, I thought he underranked him. I thought he was absolutely electric when I saw him play. And if I, you know, there's a lot of different recruits you can pick that are microcosms. He's one. Yeah, there were a lot of kids in that class. Phil Campbell comes to mind in that class. Same kind of thing. Rutgers is my dream school, but... You get turned off by what's happening. But I guess... Dream school because his parents had season tickets and they went to all the games? And there's, like, pictures of him on the internet, uh, you know, future Scarlet Knight as, like, an eight-year-old doing an interview on News 12 and stuff. Like, it, 
Anyway, uh, let's do some good Rutgers recruiting <laughs> news. I, I didn't mean to make it that long of a story. But it's a good story. But the other part of that story that's important where we really get started here is that at this camp, you know, 14-year-old Old Bridge High School, first-generation American Artur Sikowski earns a scholarship offer, and he really never forgot that moment. I talked to him on the phone uh, he, he called me right after he called Coach Ash, and how do I know that? Because I was at the radio show when Chris Ash got the commitment call, and I saw him run out of the uh, the old Quaker Steak in Lubin Edison to take Artur Sikowski's call. Art called me 10 minutes later, and one of the first things we talked about was, I, yeah, I remember that feeling when I got that offer at Rutgers, and he never forgot about it when Miami offered when you know he started visiting Ohio State and Michigan and Penn State and and all the SEC schools that he was interested in. And when he committed to Miami and Rutgers changed offensive coordinators 36 times, he he's uh, he's a Jersey guy, and that was too much of a sway for him. He, he wanted to do it in New Jersey, and it's one of those moments that you would think Chris Ash can turn this into some real juice. We talk all the time about how recruiting is about having juice, it's about having momentum, and getting... This is the sixth highest rated player. Ratings are ratings, but if you go by our 24-7 composite ratings, sixth highest rated player of all time that Rutgers has gotten. Highest rated quarterback of all time. Bigger than Tom Savage. you got to get some juice out of this one. Yeah, you, you have to, and I think that they will. Um, it, it does send a different kind of message. Look, anytime I, I don't... I'm pretty honest about stuff. And when people would ask about Sitkowski, I, I had for a long time said there was always a chance. I can't remember my timeline exactly, but I think he was at the spring game. I know he was there in the spring, but he snuck in for the spring game where nobody saw him and nobody knew he was there. So this goes back a long time. And he was talking about, you know, behind the scenes, talking about committing back in the late spring and then when he came up, I think, in training camp again, or right before training camp, and it was... Yeah, I think it was in July, I, like right, right yeah. before the, the visit period went when, to, when, again, a lot of people didn't know he was there, and he told them, hey, I think I may come there, but I'm probably going to wait until the end of November to do it. And then he came to the game early in the season when IMG's schedule got you know, all messed up and canceled because of the hurricane. And so they didn't play for a bit. So he came home and I saw him on the field briefly that day. And he, you know, he, the best thing I can say about Art Sikowski is he's a great kid. Oh yeah. I mean, one of the best kids, if you are down during the day, just go talk to him. You'll start smiling. He'll give you a lot he's of so, energy. And he's so ridiculous. If, if you go in go, a good way. So, there's a, I was trying to explain who Sikowski is to someone that works at Rutgers that doesn't really pay that much attention to recruiting. Did he work in athletics? Uh, <laughs> uh, I showed him a video. In, <laughs> I showed this person a video interview that you did with Sikowski at Old Bridge High School last year. I think it was you went to was see a, him. It was this um, game against East Brunswick against yeah. my Bears. And it was like... Thanksgiving it, morning. It was like watching a pro wrestling promo. Mm -hmm. Just the, let me tell you something, brother. We here at Old Bridge, and I believe in myself, and I think that we can run wide. Like, and, and, and his teammates. He's that, like that with his teammates. He's like that with his teammates. For me, he reminds me a lot personality-wise of David Maluski. I remember when Maluski first committed to Rutgers. Same idea. Central Jersey kid. First or second generation American. Really proud of you know his New Jersey roots. 
very interested in being a vocal guy. Uh, I th- expect them to be very different kinds of people when they get to Rutgers. David Maluski is going to be the athletic director at Rutgers in 10 years, uh, maybe sooner, depending on when Pat Hobbs leaves. But, When's uh, Barchi leaving? <laughs> <laughs> but Sikowski has all the personality that you want. He's the... I, I said this to... Who did I say? You know, I think I said that I was talking to uh, John Newman last night. Uh, Everyone on Twitter knows who John Newman is. And I said, this is like getting Nick Suriano for the football team. Not because of the way he's going to change the game as a national champion, but just like marketing machine. Says everything you want. He's a quarterback. He looks like a quarterback. He talks like a quarterback. And he wants to recruit like a quarterback. We'll see how he does because he's only got a couple months to do it. Well, he got, he has a couple months now, but 2019. Exactly. And But to finish my story, so when I saw Art at the, I want to say Eastern Michigan. I think that was the game he was at. Um, uh, be, and and whichever one it was. So he comes over, says hi. And you could just see, like, he, his smile and how relaxed he was. And I'm like, hey, Art, you wanna, how, how do you want to handle this? He goes, just downplay it. I don't, I don't want a lot out there on it. I said, okay. So we, we stayed in contact. I, I told him yesterday after he announced, I said, you know, when I saw you that day, I said, you looked happy and you looked relaxed and relieved just to be home. And when he went to IMG Academy, I thought two things were going to happen. He was either going to love the fact that he was away from home and he wasn't going to Rutgers, or it was going to show him, you know what, I want to be home. And he is very close with his parents. He's, you know, close with his family. He's He's got friends up in New Jersey. And every time I went to see him play, Sam, you and I used to talk about it and you used to say, did they have a chance? They don't. And I'd be like, I think they do. And, and it was always because to him, playing, like turning Rutgers around, was always big to him. I mean, it, it was important to him. And why does he have juice? Within 10 minutes of him announcing his commitment to Rutgers, the parents of two prominent 2018s texted me saying, this is the kid that they need. Now, those kids are going somewhere else, and they're not going to change. But the point was, as soon as it happened, they're like, hey, now they have a chance for this kid, this kid, and this kid, is what um, one of the parents told me. And I found it interesting, that's the juice Sikowski has with name recognition. And if you don't believe me on that, go look and see his Twitter feed, and, and please don't tweet at him, okay? But Even look though at, all of you already did. I mean... I know, I'm talking to you, and you, you know who you are. You're talking to KJ Gray? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm talking to Eric Legrand. <laughs> um, but if you go look on how many retweets and favorites and all that stuff, it, it probably... His number probably equals the amount of every other commit in this class that they've gotten if you add them all up. Uh, and then you think, you know, if you're Sitkowski, I would think one of your first calls is going to be to Ahmad Anderson. And if a guy like Sitkowski, who's got a great arm, look, uh, he got injured down at IMG, he was banged up, it's highly competitive, three years playing high school, they ran freaking triple option with him for the most part, which, you know, what a, oh boy. Um, but now it has juice. Now it's like, I mean, you know, Jalen Chapman's a great kid, talented, but he's in California. This Sikowski's a kid that a lot of people in the area know and a lot of people will pay attention to. This is a great point that came up on the message boards. Oh, and, I thought by me. And I, and I hate crediting, you know, I hate crediting the common folk. 
but uh, I don't think it your nece- words. I, yeah, I don't think it necessarily helps finish the class strong because I think a lot of stuff has already happened. But what it does do is it helps keep what you already have together better. Now Sikowski can call up, and I'm sure he already has, can call up Chris Ash or call up whomever he wants. You know, one of the many people in the recruiting office, and say. Who are, How would you who, rank those people? <laughs> uh, uh, so he can call up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he can he can call up and say, "Who are we worried about right now?" And then he can hit up Raekwon O'Neal. He can hit up Trayvon King. He can hit up Ahmad Anderson, and help solidify things because cla- all classes fall apart and lose pieces in January or now in December with the new signing period. But this helps keep some of that together and then the the other thing that comes to mind brian is how, how many times have we talked about oh they need to they need to show progress to the recruits like that's what these kids want to see progress on the field well sikowski i think like you, i think he went to the eastern michigan game well that wasn't a very good game for rutgers but these kids are smart he wasn't looking at at if they won or lost the game he was looking at how they ran the offense and he's still looking at that because he, he's talked to Jerry Kill every week for 10 months and knows what that offense could look like with him playing. That's the kind of progress they look for. You mean Jerry Kill, who went down to IMG Academy to check on him in the spring after he was committed to Miami because they knew there was interest there? Is that Jerry Kill? Jerry Kill, who promised him, I'm going to come see you every, literally every time the NCAA allows me yes. to. And he did. He followed up on that. And Jerry Kill doesn't do a lot of recruiting visits. If you paid attention during spring evaluation, he wasn't the one going out to see uh, a lot of you know Chapman or or Sean Chambers at the time or the guys out west. They had other assistants doing that. Jerry Kill doesn't make a lot of visits, but they made Sikowski a priority. And right after I asked, I asked Art, "Why why are you flipping? Just tell me like what makes Rutgers better than Miami for you?" And he said, "One, it's home. Two, Chris Ash. Three, Jerry Kill." Yeah. And and you bring up a good point. We always talk about progress, and if you can't see progress this season, I don't know what you're looking at. Um, you're probably looking at uh, North Carolina. Oof. If you watch, and you're Art Sitkowski, and you know even if you're Jonathan Lewis sitting there waiting for your turn once you're healthy, what you see is this team lacks quarterback play, and sit there and you go oh my goodness I can get in there and I'm going to have a chance to play really early because you're not getting anything out of the quarterback you're you're getting the only thing you're getting out of the quarterback position right now is you're not turning the ball over which is huge huge but it is not a plus and so you're sitting there going man I, I got a chance to come in and compete quickly how quick can he learn the offense you know the other thing is you now have some competition in there and and people talk about, well, is this the best quarterback room they've had? I don't freaking know. How do you make that determination when two of the kids that haven't even got on campus yet and you're going to tell me it's the best quarterback room around? I don't know. It's the best quarterback room around if they all embrace competition and make people better. And I'll tell you one thing. I've known Sikowski for a number of years. He works out. In, he worked out in the winter with his 7-on-7 team a lot of times, five minutes from my house. Um I'll tell you this, you're not going to outwork him. You you will not outwork him. He'll he'll be in the film room. He'll throw forever. 
he will work extremely hard and that will force other people to work extremely hard. Um, I don't think you're going to get into a situation where he doesn't know the offense. I think he'll, I think he's really bright with picking stuff up like that. And so he's going to force other people to learn that too. And you cannot survive in college football with one quarterback. You can't. So it's going to be up to Chapman and Lewis to also do it. And don't forget, Lewis is going to have a year of experience on him, um, game situations and, and just that too. So it, it, you know what the best part about this is, Sam? I can't wait. In the spring, for the first time in a long time, there's going to be a quarterback competition. <laughs> well, at least this spring game isn't going to be Giovanni Rochino by himself versus Troy Anthony, who was only there because they needed a second quarterback for the spring game because he became a student coach the day after the spring game. We're actually going to have Sikowski, Chapman, Lewis, um, Tom Flacco, Gio Rochino, obviously. There's there's five-ish guys that are going to play that have a chance to play for this team. And well, I don't think Flacco can play for this team. Well, Jerry Kill does. We'll see how it goes. Okay. Um, have you seen the quarterbacks? I have. I've seen the quarterbacks that have played this year. So. <laughs> Fair point. <laughs> Fair point. Well, speaking of quarterbacks... Uh, that's where the mailbag opens up today. Mailbag. Question I got a lot. By the way, before before we ask this question, I would recommend anyone that... But go back to episode 44. Listen to Artur Sikowski on the show right after he transferred to IMG. Tells you everything you need to know about why he's going to Rutgers now. The mailbag this week... This is a question I got a lot in messages, in a and a It came up on the message boards, I think, Thursday morning as well. What do you think about the idea of Rutgers hiring a quarterback coach for its 10th coach? It makes a lot of sense. I don't think they'll do it. Neither do I. But here's why. And and I always go back to experience that I've had. Not as a quarterback. I remember one year covering UCLA and... It was Drew Olson. Matt Moore was also on the, you know, he, Matt Moore had lost a job. He was now with the Dolphins, J-Bomb's Dolphins. I think he's and on the pant. Oh, it doesn't matter. I, I just watched him play the other day. Unless he got traded in the last two days. Trade deadline? I don't know. I don't follow So him. anyway, so Matt Moore had left, was going to go play baseball, wound up at Oregon State. Drew Olson won the job. And he was a pedestrian quarterback for the most part. And they hired a quarterback coach. And... His senior year, I think he threw like 32 touchdowns and five picks. And part of it's maturity. Part of it is they cut the field in half for him and had players. But they had a quarterback coach. And you could tell how much they worked on him in practice on the side when other stuff was going on. And the quarterback coach was just with the quarterbacks all the time. I remember talking to the head coach at the time, Carl Durrell, and he's like, one thing I learned is I will always have a quarterback coach, just a coach whose job it is to coach quarterbacks, and that's it. So he can devote all his time to that position. And it's very easy to let your OC do the quarterbacks because, you know, the thought process and you're closer to quarterbacks and you're with them all the time anyway, and I get that. But instead of 75% of your time devoted to quarterbacks, you can have 100% of your time. I don't think it'll happen. you got to make sure you get the right quarterback's coach, but I'm a big believer in having an individual quarterback's coach 
who needs to work in unison with the coordinator. So there has to be that chemistry and symmetry between the two, but I'm in favor of it. I, I am too, but I don't think it has to be a full-time coach that fills that role. Right now they have a guy that, if you pay attention, you know who he is, Scotty O'Hara, that is like Jerry Kill's understudy. That's the, his guy that he brought in. He brought in Scotty O'Hara from Kansas State, and O'Hara basically is that guy, just has a different job title. I remember it was almost a running joke how many times Gary Nova would bring up Andrew Janoco in his interviews. Andrew Janoco was a GA quarterbacks coach during the end of the Shiano era. From Pitt. From Pitt, and he went on to join Shiano's staff in Tampa uh, with the Buccaneers. That's how much they thought of him. Not a full-time coach. So I don't think it has to be a full-time coach. Sure, I'm open to the idea. I think that Toby Ninas is the obvious choice for the 10th coach. But what I'll also say is, hey, let's worry about the 6th and the 7th and the 8th coach first because college staffs do not all stay together, and we haven't seen an offensive coordinator stay two years in a row, dating back to our buddy Kirk Shiraka. So let's make sure these kinds of things oh, happen in first. High then? Yeah, exactly. Let's make sure these things happen first before we worry about a 10th coach. Sam, the off-topic question this week came to me from somebody, and so I'll relay it to you. It's a two-parter. Oh, great. Oh, Is yeah. this going to be yeah. one of those Dunleavy questions that goes on for like 20 minutes? So, two-parter. A, what did you do for Halloween? And B, what was your favorite Halloween costume growing up? Uh, what did I do for Halloween? Uh, I got home from work at 9 o'clock and all the candy was gone outside of my front stoop because kids go trick-or-treating in the sunlight now. That was pretty much it. <laughs> and then I played NBA 2K because, I, again, Rutgers practices at nights, so there is no Halloween. If you actually care about the beat and covering it every day, you don't celebrate Halloween. And your costume, favorite costume growing up? Um, I'm trying to you think. You ray of sunshine for the day? <laughs> I really can't remember a lot of them, but I, uh, oh man, who's the, uh, who's the Looney Tunes cat that's always trying to Sylvester. eat? Yeah, I went as, my mom, like, handmade one of those when I was real young, when I was, like, maybe four or five, so I went as, uh, Sylvester the cat, uh, when I was real young, that one comes to mind. When I got older, it was lazy, it was just, like, you know, put on a baseball jersey and cleats and a hat and, you know, be, uh... Move on or something. <laughs> I was gonna say I, I do remember a time where I would just like throw my clothes and be like I'm going as a student. Yeah. When, I, when I was in school, but for me, I took my kids. Had a great Halloween party at the school. Um, PTA president put on a great show for for our school, and then took our kids trick or treating. And my two kids trick or treated for two hours with a couple of their friends. Um, and one of them, they got so much candy, one of them got 8.6 pounds of candy, and the other got 8 pounds of candy. Do they still do the uh, the pillowcase to carry all the candy? Is that still the well, move? you know what? My older one did that. My younger that's one... What, that's how I did it. That well, was a good move. Yeah, well, here's a better one. My So, this is... For all you people who are old like Sam... What do you mean, you people? Our listeners. Like Sam, who's old... What kids do now is when they're going to do something, they'll go on YouTube 
and they'll watch different things about whatever event or whatever's coming up. So my little one goes on YouTube and watches Halloween trick or treat pranks. So he said so he says I need to bring two bags with me. Okay, why? Well, one bag we can put the candy in when he gets it at the door. The other bag he's going to hold empty so people think he doesn't have much candy so they'll give him more. My two kids went to the same houses. It's a good scam. My two kids went to the same houses and my younger one came away with a half a pound more candy than my older one. So I give him credit for that. Um, so that's what we did. And then my favorite costume growing up, um, my grandfather made for me a robot costume out of um, whatever the... Cardboard? Well, it was cardboard, but <laughs> also like, uh, you know what you use for like air conditioning ducts or whatever? Like the, It's not like PVC piping, whatever, but it's flexible or whatever. And he made the arms with that and he put a screen over the face and spray painted it all silver. And I went as a robot. Um, he made shoes for me that made it look like a robot. So that was my favorite costume growing up. I got to go as a robot, and it was great going into school because you know now you can't wear a mask in school when you have your Halloween parties Fair. and parades. <laughs> no complaints there. No, no, no. I get it. Um, it's always great when you go to these parades and the parents are wearing masks. Um, that, that's really comforting. But for me, it was great because I remember going in and nobody knew where who I was because I went and sat somewhere else, and so that was fun. So that was my favorite. And thanks to Brian Doan for being so generous with his time. I say this a lot, but I don't think I don't think people really get it all the time that have been longtime members at Scarlet Report. It's a big deal the amount of access that you all get to a national recruiting analyst now for two places, Scout and two four seven. Brian does both. That that doesn't happen at every site, but since Brian started off at, at Rutgers before I took over the that publisher gig in 2011 it's always great to have him stop by and share his insight you know for you guys for me it means i got to spend a half hour with the guy every week bare minimum that really drags that really drains on you if you know what i'm saying speaking of drain it's been quite the week i mean we're talking between Rutgers basketball media day being at Rutgers football every day the radio show wednesday artur sikowski and three games this weekend, Rutgers football, Rutgers wrestling, Rutgers men's basketball scrimmage against St. John's. Whew. I need a day off. So on Friday, I will not be covering any high school games. But fear not, Scarlet Report will still be out on the road. We have Brian Doan, who I expect to go to the Wayne Hills-Irvington game. And that means for Irvington, it means... Lance Ture, and they've got some 2019s as well in that program under Coach Ashley Pierre. For Wayne Hills, it means family. It means Jerron Hayek, the 2019 wide receivers becoming the star of that Wayne Hills team. Might be a familiar name because he's got two brothers at Rutgers and a scholarship offer. I'm excited for Brian to see him for the first time because I've been hyping up the Hayek family for, well, it feels like almost two years now. So it'll be good to get a national analyst to get eyes on him. Wayne Hills also has Charles Ninjoku. Yes, there is another one. After Evidence Njoku signed with Miami and David Njoku went to the Cleveland Browns in the first round of the draft this year, there's another one. He's the 2019 wide receiver for Wayne Hills. Worth getting a look at, and you never know. I'm sure Rutgers knows all about him and has been in to see him multiple times. 
So stay tuned on Scholar Report for a ton of coverage this weekend. We don't ever take total days off. I'll still have a lot of stuff for you today, this being Friday, throughout the day. Saturday is a big day between the debut of Nick Suriano, the Big Ten wrestling debut, the first match of the season for these guys, plus, obviously, Rutgers and Maryland football. Uh, Artur Sikowski news still buzzing. We'll see how that trickles down to recruiting visitors. Everything like that. Stay tuned on Scholar Report, where we have you covered Until then, I am the host of the Rutgers Scoutcast, Sam Hellman. Thanks for listening.